Uh, welcome to the Running, Intermittent Fasting, and Weight Loss Podcast. I am your host, Tadrice Parker, aka Coach, coaching running, weight loss, and accountability since 2013. Our website is runtothebestyou.com. There, you can find our online coaching programs for beginners and beyond. We are going to show you how walking or running just three days per week can get you into the best shape of your life. Intermittent fasting will help you turn back the hands of time, regenerate cells, have more energy with less food cravings. And the weight loss? Well, that will take care of itself as we inspire you to keep your nutrition real. So head over to our website and take us up on our seven-day Keeping It Real Health Challenge. With that, you will be added to our Facebook accountability group for free for seven days. Seven days can change your life. Now let's get into this week's show. Ah, welcome, welcome, welcome to another week, guys. I am so excited to bring you today's podcast. And I'm going to tell you something right now. This episode is going to be the most impactful episode we have ever created to date. You are going to want to get a pen and paper out, write some of these things down, We have a special guest on our podcast this week. Her name is Tina Ellis. If you listen back to episode 20 when we did the Atlantic City Marathon series, she was on there excited at the end of that podcast because she did her fastest 5K in six years. She was also excited to let us know so many of her non-scale victories that she has achieved since joining our group joining our program in June of this year. So in this week's podcast, we're going to actually answer some questions too from some of our listeners on one of the questions is how intermittent fasting affects running. Another question came in, does drinking natural cleanses break a fast and how do I personally feel about them? I'm going to answer those questions today. But um, again, this episode is going to be talking about non-scale victories. So many times we are tied to the results of what the scale says. And if we get on the scale every single day, some people get on the scale every day. Are you that person? I hope not. Because every day our weight can fluctuate. And I don't want you to be depressed one day that you got on the scale and then happy the next day. And you have these waves of emotions. Before I, bring Tina, before I bring Tina on and introduce you guys to her, let me talk about the week that was. And let me ask you, how was your week? What are some things that went well for you last week? Has any of the tips from our previous podcast enhanced your life at all? We would love to hear from your successes. Please feel free to connect with Tadrice Parker on Facebook and, and message me or submit your questions and comments to Coach Tadrice at gmail.com. I'll leave how you spell my name in the description, okay? But you also can, how can I say it? I just want to hear from you. So also what you can do is rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and you can leave some comments there. I will be sure to um, read those as well. But let me go ahead and bring in our our co-host. Well, I'm going to have her co-host this show with me today. How you doing, Tina? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I uh, had a, a very impactful day this morning. Got up early, worked out, 
and my energy has just been flowing. Coach is buzzing. <laughs> so we're here live at Starbucks right now, and uh, I'm enjoying my nitro cold brew. I'm drinking tea today, so... Tea's drinking Tina. So, so <laughs> Tina is drinking tea, I should say. So with us, real quick, uh, Tina, before we do a deep dive into who you are, um, Tina's a nurse, but I'm going to have her tell you exactly what she does. Uh, we're going to interview her as well before we dive into the non-scale victories. But I just want to share with the audience this week what happened with us is that we had two new members uh, that came into our group starting October 1st. Right. One is Nicole, mm-hmm. one is Christian. Yep. Th- they're best friends, right? They're down 29 pounds between the two of them. That's amazing. That's super amazing. And what they did uh, when they first started, they took a one-mile test to see what their time would be, no pressure. But on day 30... They actually took the test again, and they took three minutes off of their one-mile time. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's amazing, but I think more than anything, it just highlights the fact that the program works. Like, if you show up for the trainings, if you follow the script in terms of what we don't want to eat, you know, and I think that they've both really been doing that. Obviously, they have if they've lost, you know, 20, uh, 29 pounds between the two of them. So I think it just exemplifies the fact that sticking with everything really works. So kudos to them for having like, such a huge accomplishment in, like, one month. And and I want to put it out there to you. I've been reading a book called The 12 Week Year, and it talked about setting up your goals, not like people wait until the first of the year to set a year goal and then they fall off after a month. They don't they don't stick with it. Um, But the 12 week year kind of encourage you to set up some goals that you can strive for every month. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, actually, which is three months. You'll be so you will be so happy that you accomplished these goals because you set a deadline to it. They were talking about in that book the the power of accountability, and they were talking about there was a study done of people that if they didn't change their lifestyle, they were going to die within a year. And what happened was uh, they were put into this accountability session. They improved their chances of survival eighty percent. Wow. Whereas people that were left to do it alone only had a 10% survival rate. I can totally see that because I'm a person that needs to be in a group and be held accountable, which is pretty much the whole reason I keep coming back to this group because I need somebody to to get me out there, to get me going. I didn't want to run the other night. My girl Meredith, she was like, "Um, no, it's only two miles. You're coming. And so I showed up. If I didn't have that, I would not have showed up. So I think that, you know, that our accountability group is is really what makes... um, you know, it makes me show up. So, and, and that's awesome. And one thing that we like to tell you guys that is that we have an online accountability group too. So, uh, people like Danielle Salisi from Minnesota yeah. was able to run her first full marathon in Chicago based on the online support. So, if you don't have a local community, you right. can still connect with us. What do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. I think Danielle's a great example of how you know how effective that is and her doing her her marathon and and checking in with you and having you help her get her through the end and all of us watching on our end seeing what block she was on and how close she was to being done it was like it's just we all care about each other and how everybody's doing and um so yeah whether you're here or there it's awesome so at the end of that at the end of that 5k Mm -hmm. you were I wanted to like have it up so I can like play the clip of play how excited I yeah was. how excited you were from that day right and um, I'm just not that technically savvy to be able to pull that up right now but let me ask you how was your feelings 
why were you so excited? And then we're going to ask you some questions in an interview type of style as far as like what you do for a living and everything like that. But what what had you so pumped that day? So that one 5K that I had ran like six or seven years ago, I've never been a runner. My neighbor was running at the time and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Shirley may run with you. So I ran for maybe two or three weeks with her just in practicing. And I did like 33, 33 was my, um, my 5K time back six, seven years ago and never ran again. I just did it and I was like, okay, I'm good. And then I joined this group in June and um, I ran a race at the end of July and I did like 36 something 3640 something like that and then again in September and I had pretty much the same time um, and then fast forward you know just a few weeks to that race which was in October so I had had June July August September I had like four or four and a half months of training under my belt and um, I cut three minutes off of that initial time almost three minutes and I was just so excited because I had made so much progress in such a little bit of time so I mean that's really why I was just super pumped I was really proud of myself and you got something special that most people don't get at a 5K race. I sure did. That was the best thing ever. And I can definitely say that I attribute probably half of my improved time to the fact that Coach was there because he was helping me identify who to pick off, when to speed up, when to hold back. And um, that was invaluable. As a matter of fact, I was going to suggest that you maybe record that so that we could have that in our ear when we are running because I would totally use that every single time. We ha- I had a lot of fun. I was not supposed to run that day. I was supposed to take the day off. But I remember going into a half marathon um, before, like I did on that Sunday, um, training a couple of members like Chris Ballard and Katie. They needed to get a long distance run in. And I said, well, I got to race the next day. I'm really not supposed to run, but I'm going to meet you guys for a six mile run anyway. And it didn't kill me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to. I'm not going to run a 10K on Saturday. I'm going to run with this 5K with Tina. I'm not going to register for it. I'm just going to uh, be her pacer. And we had a lot of fun picking people off. And when you were at a race, you know, you might be looking. Backpack girl. I kept saying, like, backpack girl, ponytail, you know, gray pants. But tell us, um, what is it that you do for a living? Uh, I'm a nurse. So I actually am a nurse in two very different disciplines. I'm a hospice nurse, so that's kind of, you know, self-explanatory. And then I also work in a health and wellness position, so that kind of helps this. I have a lot of knowledge about health and wellness and what we should be eating and what we should be doing. It doesn't mean that I have always followed that, even, you know, working in it on a regular basis. So, um, but yeah, those are, those are my two nursing jobs. Well, they kind of say that, like, if a person is uh, a a carpet cleaner, for example, his carpets carpet are dirty, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, and so at times that's the case, but um, when you're in the health and wellness industry as you are, how do you feel when you see those people in the hospice situation? So it's really interesting since I am, I run the gamut from, you know, health and wellness to death and dying and you see how certain disease processes get people to, you know, maybe prematurely to the end of their life, you know, seeing people that are young that, you know, have um, complications from diabetes or whatever their condition happens to be. So you really see the impact of a lifelong um, lifelong bad behaviors and how it influences your health later on. Um, so it makes me think a lot about taking care of myself at this point in my life. I'm almost, I'll be 42 in two weeks. So, you know, I wanna make sure that I'm taking care of myself and um, we're all gonna die. Listen, we're all gonna be there at some point. We can't stop it, but we can take control of what we have control over, what we put in our bodies how we move our bodies and how it will impact us um, later on. That's very, that's, 
that's impactful the things that you said and unfortunately we have some a friend of ours in her early 50s mm-hmm. who is suffering from alzheimer's and everything mm-hmm. like that and some research have been showing mm-hmm. um and again I, i'm not contributing this to my friend or whatever right. like that but research has showed that the effects of sugar right. and our diet is leading people the inflammation is leading people to um, having these diseases at an earlier age and so when we're in our 20s and 30s and early 40s we go out to dinner we're not thinking about what we're putting into our bodies can affect us later on and so um, I appreciate you bringing that out from your perspective of seeing both sides of the spectrum now how long have you been in this industry Uh, I've been a nurse for 10 10 and a half years okay so awesome. So take us back to when you started to uh, start this journey, this recent journey that you're on. How were you feeling that made you decide, I want to get started? Right. So go back to June and um, I was really tired. Um, my, I felt like I was easily overwhelmed by just life in general, like whether it was the kids' needs or family's needs, whatever happened to be going on between balancing work, family and you know any commitments that I have. I was exhausted, um, miserable a lot of the time. I noticed, like, cried a lot. I was just kind of, everything was just overwhelming. And um, so I knew that I needed to do something. And I've been in and out of doing the right thing a lot of times in my life. This isn't new to me, taking care of myself, but I just never really stayed on the hook. I never just kept going. I would always find one reason or another that I didn't continue. I didn't stick with whatever I was doing, so. That's kind of how I was feeling back then. When you cried, when you <laughs> when you cried a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you, it, if you can remember, it may be hard to remember. Do you remember what you ate around those times? Like sometimes I remember myself, right. and it, I don't I don't want to say that it's just a mental thing, but I was having a conversation with some people that was talking about health and wellness and how food how food is a, a right. attributed to your mood, right? And then the next day. Um, I was eating healthy for a while, and then I decided to go through uh, a drive-through and get some fried chicken right. and a biscuit. And right. I'm driving down the street, I'm eating it, and then instantly I got depressed. Uh-huh. Right? Instantly I got depressed. Like, can you contribute to like you know maybe your food choices? Like when you would have those emotional feelings. I can't say that I've attached you know what I was eating to my mental health, but I can say to my physical health because like I would eat something and I automatically know like you just said. It, it was just a short period of time where you were feeling some kind of way. Usually for me, it was physical, and then it's the why did I eat that? I feel like absolute crap, which then ultimately does, I guess, affect your mental health. So, but I can't say that like I could tie those together. But I was not eating, you know, what I should have been eating. I was eating, you know, I'm a, I have a sweet tooth. I mean, I think so many of us do. Cakes, cookies, they're my friend. I'm not gonna lie, but um, you know, they're not. We're not such good friends anymore. <laughs> Put it that way. Well, let, let me t- let me tell you guys something. If you follow us on Facebook, right, friend me to Dries Parker. And um, check out some things, right? Tina, you posted something at your office that all you guys, all you guys listening, has to be proud of this girl to show you her how far she come. They had the most exquisite looking donuts I have ever seen in my life. I am a huge cream donut fan, vanilla cream donut with a powder. I mean, I will look absolute hot mess (laughs) when I have those donuts. And these donuts that she had, or not she, but the office brought in, and guys, 
if you work at an office, God knows that you are going to be tempted with so much stuff. Uh, these donuts came from a, a, a exquisite bakery. They were like the, the the cream was just oozing out. It was like a sandwich. Like there was no there was no yeah there was no. There was no whole donut with cream in the middle. These things had two sides to them with cream just all gushing out of it. And how did you feel when you posted it and said that you weren't having any? Well, it's funny because like we had a vendor in and he brought these donuts from South Philly. So if anybody knows, you know, locally, I mean, South Philly is like a food mecca. There's good stuff there. So they brought these donuts in and um, for our meeting. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the meeting. I came after, but the donuts were still, you know, spread out everywhere. My boss was sitting on the floor because she had two donuts. <laughs> she, she would be so mad at me for telling this. I hope she doesn't listen. But she was literally sitting on the food or on the floor in a sugar coma because of the donuts. But one of my coworkers, as I was looking at and smelling the donuts, was like, don't do it, Tina. She's like, you've been so good. She's like, you don't need it. Don't do it. And I was like, you know what? Thanks for that. I was like, you're right. And I did. I just took a big whiff of them. And I looked at them and I took a picture of them and I sent it to you guys. And then I just turned around and walked away. I was like, I'm not doing it. And you feel super proud when you do that, you know, when you make that conscious decision to not go for it. So I was feeling good. It, guys, I'm telling you, this podcast, it, I'm telling you, we should actually do a part one and part two. But we're, we're going to like, we're just going to give it all to you today. And so I have another I have a story. Yeah, I have a story. Tina, around last year, um, around the holiday season, the company that I was working for was feeling really generous. Uh They ordered McDonald's for people. They had subs with uh, potato chips and everything like that. They were giving us food on a regular basis. And during that time, I was on a strict Whole 30, keeping a real type of like no sugar, no grains, no soy, no, no alcohol, none of that stuff. So I'm sitting there. Everybody, all of the construction workers were super excited that they're getting hoagies for lunch. Right, right. The, the, the morale was through the roof. They were hype, right? So we go in there and, I, and I'm telling my partner, I can't eat none of that stuff. So he's like making fun of me, right? Of course, of course. So this sub was like the size of my arm. Right. It was super long from North Jersey. A bag of chips and a soda, right? You can cut it up into four. That's how many pieces came into the sub, right? I'm not exaggerating. So I'm sitting there and my, my coworker and the, my driving partner was looking at me and I got, almost got a tear in my eye. I'm looking super sad because I got, I'm cracking open pistachios and drinking bone broth, right? So, so Looking at a hoagie. Yeah, so after lunch, you know, I don't want to give TMI, but after lunch, I, I went to the restroom <laughs> and um, I looked down and my stomach was flat. Uh, that was like my reward. That was my aha right. moment. Like, wow, I never, yeah, I never, and I just, re- like, for some reason, I noticed it for the first time that my stomach is flat. Right. And what happened after work, I mean, after lunch, when we went back to our zones. Yeah, what can you predict? Everybody was probably about to take a nap because they were all feeling lousy and you oh. were feeling great. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what, what happened to all that energy you yeah. had before lunch? He's like, he was slumped. We, yeah. Nothing got done. Right, right. Very little got done. And I said, what happened, man? I said, did you eat the whole thing? He was like, yeah, I ate three of the four pieces. Wow. And then I'm like, why am I going to take the last piece home? Let me go ahead and eat it. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> never good. That, just leave it. it that's it, something I've learned recently. It's okay to leave, you know, whatever behind. Like, I didn't usually do that. I was like, if it was on my plate, you know, I was yeah. finishing it. But I don't do that anymore. And so so we we kind of went off on a tangent a little bit, but I thought it was good, uh, a good tangent. So, um 
what at the moment are your healthy habits now? What have you been adopting? First, let's start with the exercise routine. Okay, so I strength train two days a week, Monday and Wednesday with trainer at the gym. Um, and that's not necessary. Everybody doesn't have to do that. That's just, again, me with my needs for accountability. You, you know, it works for me. So I, um, I enjoy that. I like the guidance and I like, you know, having that feedback. So I train with him two days a week and then Tuesday and Thursday run with the group. I'm supposed to run a third day on the weekend, but if there's not somebody around, I'm very communal and I don't want to just get out there. I know there's people that love to get on the path and just go run by themselves and they clear their minds and whatever. That's not me. I, I would rather be with somebody like Meredith chatting me up and getting me, getting me through it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my basic routine. And what I like about that, and you said that everyone doesn't have to do this as far as strength training, I'm going to make sure that I incorporate this in my uh, podcast, on my live videos, and in our group, that it, it, it is necessary to do the strength training, right? It's it's it's, it's you have to do that to become a better runner. Um, my original book that I was inspired by was called "Run Less, Run Faster," where people like to run six, seven days a week. However, you're not building core strength in, in, in your core, your leg muscles. You think you're building leg muscles by running, but that's you got to go hit them in a different way. And so it doesn't matter whether you go to the gym or you do the exercises at home. You have to. So now that book was inspiring you to run three days a week. You will become faster runner because of it. But also go take spin class. Go go do some um, cross training so that you become a better runner. So you want to make sure you're incorporating that, guys, every week. So great job for you for doing that how about intermittent fasting so i do and i think intermittent fasting i I do it probably about five days a week and i will definitely say with a hundred percent certainty that it has improved my mental clarity um brain fog was something that i definitely complained about back before june and i think brain fog something that doctors kind of scoff at like you know okay you're just tired whatever but no there it's a legitimate thing that you just really can't focus on anything um don't think straight don't think well and since i started intermittent fasting and drinking like the cold brew in the morning and everything um i i think more clearly i have just have a better attitude i'm not as tired i have steady energy throughout the whole day so like from noon to eight that's my that's my eating window which i think pretty much most of us do um it's made a big, big difference in my energy levels, my mental clarity, and just even, you know, my ability to learn new things. That was a big thing. I kept feeling like I, I couldn't, we had a, we got taken over by a new, or we got bought, whatever, by a new company at, at work, my hospice, and um, new training, new, you know, new everything. And the training was frustrating because I was trying to learn new things and my brain was not, and this was all prior to June, my brain was not catching on to whether it was, you know, the technology, just new processes and everything. It was a, it was an issue. So um, that's gone away now. Like I'm so much better able to learn new things. So it's uh, it's got really positive effects on my brain. Guys, what a testimonial right there. I am telling you right now. I am telling you right now. That's why I said you need to get a pen and paper out. You need to uh, pause this video, take a snapshot of it, remember it, and send it to your best friend who's been dealing with this. I didn't even know... I, Listen, when I interview people, uh, we don't talk beforehand because I want this to come across as it is, as a conversation. I'm learning this for the first time just as much as you guys are. And so there's college students out there right now Mm -hmm. that would love to have tap into that ability to learn 
And, and so that's a great testimonial. I had no idea. So a college student could benefit from this. Professionals, you've been in your, your profession for 10 years and you have to do continuous learning. Right. right? And people in the insurance industry, they have to always stay on top of the you know, taxes and the, the laws. Thing, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, wow. And, and, and if you connect the dots to what I said about in the construction industry when after lunch, those guys, yeah. what happened? The brain fall came. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a real thing. It is. Absolutely. So how much, we're going to talk about the non-scale victories, but um, now that you've been intermittent fasting, are you doing it for weight loss? Have you lost any weight? So I have lost weight. My, as of our last race day, I was down 10 pounds. Um, so I was happy with that. I have probably, when I started, probably 25 pounds that I would like to lose. Um, right now, I'm, because I'm strength training and I do train with heavier weights, I'm building muscle mass, so the scale's not necessarily going down in the way that I would like it to um, because of that. So, But my clothes fit differently. My scrubs are loose. People are commenting, you, you look thin or you look like you've lost weight, even though right now I'm only at like the eight-pound mark. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make friends with the scale and just kind of stay away from it and, you know, have it just be there in the corner and get on it when I need it. But... And so you lift heavy. I, I was going to talk to you about this off camera uh, or off off recording. But have you um, does the trainer talk to you about potentially uh, lighter weights, more reps to get more more definition? Not really, because he kind of follows what I like to do. So okay. he kind of tries to keep me engaged by doing what I like to do. And I like to lift heavy weights because I, I feel strong and I enjoy feeling strong. I'm building definition, no doubt. My shoulders are starting to pop. My triceps, things are happening. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Would I like to burn off, you know, some more of the fat that's on the outside of those muscles? Absolutely. Um, and that's going to come from the kitchen. And that's just me getting better, you know, all the time. And some weeks are better than others. I'm human. You know, we're all we're all human. But if we're only human, no we all make mistakes. Ed's going to get mad. <laughs> that's a classic 80s hit, guys. Come on. You know you love that song. Now you got that stuck that in my like head. That was like Foreigner or something, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> um, so how does, how does your family enjoy the new you? Oh, I know they definitely do. Even my daughter said to me one day, she's like, you know, like, I forget the word she used. I'd have to think for a minute on it. But she said just, oh, content. She said, you really just seem content um, because she is very hypersensitive to my mood. So she knows when um, she's got high functioning autism. So she's a little in tune differently than that, you know, than everybody. <laughs> and um, she's hyper focused on me and how I am because how I am impacts her so much so when I'm good she's good and you know so I owe it to her to be better too because I make life easier for her when I'm better isn't that cool how like you know I have I have four sons um two of them are are impacted on the way I'm dealing with things so right now I have a 10 year old that's home the other boys are gone and out of the house so, like, if I cry for whatever reason, you know, my 10-year-old's crying. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Them. Yeah, I mean, what and, we do impacts them. And so, you, you're a professional, you know, you're a nurse, you're a wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't think I asked you, how many children do you have? Um, I have three girls. They're 25, 20, and almost 18. So, that's my crew. Wow. So, congratulations to you. I'm so I'm so proud of you for all your accomplishments accomplishments we're getting ready to take a commercial break but before we do i wanted to ask you is there anything that you're able to do now that you couldn't before adopting this lifestyle 
Well, definitely. I mean, just running better. Like I could not have done, you know, what I'm doing now. I went out with Meredith and Jamie the other night and I had such a great run. I ran their interval, which was like 80, 20. I hadn't done that yet. Um, and, and I, I felt great. And again, the, the motivation of being with friends and, you know, getting out there together certainly helped, but I was really proud of myself. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, back in June and, and as coach, I'm sure you remember running in Absecon and I was, I was crying. I heard 30 seconds and I was like, this is too much, you know, it's, uh, why am I doing this? And there's certainly been a huge improvement. So you just brought up something that we didn't talk about on the podcast yet. And for those that's listening, um, that is listening to this for the running aspect, what Tina talking about with the 80-20 is that we incorporate the run-walk-run method. And the run-walk-run method helps you to not get all that lactic acid built up in your legs and especially with Tina who has suffered from shin splints and and different things like that it, it takes the pressure off of pounding consistently over the course of three miles 13 miles and so everyone's on different levels you know may, when I first started the run walk run I was doing two minutes on with a 30 second walk break and I can average nine minutes per mile even with taking those walk breaks scientifically it, right. it, it just works out and so but some person that's just beginning may be on a, on a 15 seconds with a 30-second walk break, right? Because maybe they run a mile or walk, run a mile in 18 minutes. So it's all dependent on what your, your mile time is. And so how has the run, walk, run been able to help you? Well, I think just taking it in those bite-sized pieces and being able to adjust when you need to adjust. Like, I, I forget where we were. Oh, when we did the bridge, I guess, a week and a half ago or whatever, I, I, I struggled a little bit. Like, my shins were hurting. My knee was hurting because we had just come off the race. And because I pushed so hard in the race, my knee hurt a little bit. So I was kind of being careful with it. And what I did, ran my first mile, and I, it kind of felt miserable. They don't all feel good, like, if I'm being honest, right? But what I did is I adjusted from 60-30, I went to 30-30. And then all of a sudden, I ran the rest of the way, the full 5K, because we did the whole bridge, and I, I was much better the, the last two miles than I was the first because I made that adjustment. So it allows for correction when you need to correct. It's, it's, not, it's not a concrete thing. You know, we, we can be fluid with it, and, and it helps you be better. Wow, perfect, perfect. So, guys, we're going to take a commercial break, and when we, when we return, we will talk with Tina as to why she wanted to talk about non-scale victories. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. We're here with Tina. We got a chance to learn who she is, what she's all about, her responsibilities that she has, but... Tina, you were passionate about this topic of non-scale victories. You you made it a point to say yeah. that you wanted to go over this. Why? Well, I came into this with a number in mind, right? I started out at like one. First of all, let me just clarify. I'm like 4'11", barely. So I'm really short. And I was like 135 pounds coming in. And I had a number in my head of around 108, 110 pounds that wanting to be there because that's where I felt good. Um, and it's not necessarily happening for me as fast as I would like it to. However, lots of good things have happened since I started. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't pay attention to those and look at, you know, the positive things that are happening, even though the scale is super slow to, to respond to my changes. Um, because if I only focused on the scale, I probably would give up by now because through frustration and just feeling like this isn't working, but it is working in so many other ways too. So we, I, I spoke to an individual uh, yesterday 
and they said that they tried the uh, whole 30 approach and they only lost five pounds and I said first of all and then they gave up Mm -hmm. remember the study that I told you that was done about when you're in an accountability group you're 85 percent more likely to succeed than the 10 those that tried to do it alone only got 10 percent um survival rate so i felt like that applied to that person for sure because they gave up only after one month but in order to lose 60 pounds if a person has 60 pounds to lose you got to start with the first five so five pounds in one month is, is amazing right and so with what you just said I'm glad that you're in the accountability group so that you don't give up. And let's start to break down. And we're pulling our resource material is coming from this uh, whole 30 day by day journal that I really highly recommend people check out. And uh, here's the deal. Right. Non-scale victories. First, we're going to talk about mood, emotion and psychology. I'm going to say that again. The non-scale victories based on and let, and let me let me say this. Eliminating certain food groups from your nutrition, and that's a sacrifice. It's hard to not have sugar. Yep. It's hard not to have grains for 30 days. So it's hard to not have an alcoholic drink for, for 30 days. You know, we, we're, we're, we're acknowledging that eating healthy is not an easy thing to do. For sure. So it's a sacrifice. Tina had to sacrifice her taste buds and give up those donuts that that month, that particular day. I had to give up not having that sub, right? And so, but what is the reward for doing that? By getting in tune with your body, how your body responds to certain food groups, right? Well, here here is the non-scale victories. We're going to talk about again. Under mood, emotion, and psychology, here is some checklist that you can be more conscientious of as you're going through this process. Are you happier? Heck yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you more outgoing? More patient? More optimistic? Do you laugh more? Are you less anxious? Are you less stressed? Okay, notice how your body responds by you eating healthier and eliminating these food groups. Are you less stressed? Are you handling stress better? Your kids say you're more fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, fewer mood swings. Improved behavior in kids. Right. This, this actually works for kids, too. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, fewer tantrums with kids. You know, notice after your kids have a bunch of sugary snacks. Or send your kids to school after they had a bunch of sugary snacks and watch the teachers complain right. about the kids' behavior. <laughs> right. And then nowadays, what do they say? Oh, they have ADHD. Right, right, exactly. Right? Let's change what we're putting into their bodies so that we can improve what we're getting out of them. Yeah. Less depression. Improved mental health. Fewer sugar cravings. Fewer carb cravings, improved body image, improved self-esteem, improved self-confidence, less reliance on the scale, and I'll, t- I'll touch on that in a second, feeling in control of your food. 
So out of that list right there, under mood, emotion, and psychology, what stands out to you, Tina? Yeah, I mean, happier, without a doubt, 100%, I feel happier in my, you know, just in my day-to-day behavior. You know, where in the past, I might have been happy in little pieces of the day when things were going well, and now I'm just kind of happy for the sake of being happy because I feel better. I've got more endorphins going in my brain, and they just make me feel better. Definitely less stressed. Um, I don't get overwhelmed by, like, the day-to-day stuff that's going on when i got to run here, run there, and, it, I, you know, my day is super long. I'm just like, whatever. And I'll say that in my work, um, because there are certain things that we all don't like to do at work, right? And maybe I have to go do an admission and I don't want to or something like that or go into a situation that I don't want to where before I would have been like, oh, my God, and complain. I don't want to do that. Now I'm like, okay, and I just roll with the punches and I do it. And then before I know it, my day is over. And I was like, oh, that was a good day. I wasn't stressed at all. And I used to come home from work super stressed, not necessarily in this job, but in my previous jobs that were a lot more stressful. Um, but I just wanted to hit on less depression because um, – I was just telling coach on the break with my daughter. My daughter is on um, antidepressants for, you know, depression and anxiety. And she still deals with the depression despite the fact that she's on the medication. And the other day I wanted to go out and just run a quick mile. And she was laying in bed in the middle of the afternoon. And I was like, hey, come on, why don't you come with me and um, hop on your bike while I run my mile? She kind of rolled her eyes at me like a teenager would. And um, then she decided she'd come with me. And we got on the bike path and we did our mile. She saw this really cute cat on the way that came up to her and she was talking to her or whatever. And then we got, you know, so we finished our mile, we came home and I had to drop her off at school for something. And as she was getting out of the car, she looked at me and she said, you know, thanks for taking me on your mile. She said, I, I feel good now. And I think that's such a huge testimonial to, despite the fact that she's on medication, she still deals with her condition. And just that one mile bike ride changed her outlook. It changed her energy level and it, it, everything was positive for her. So there's, I can't say enough about, you know, exercise impact on depression. And that's awesome. And then, and then when we deal with, uh, and we incorporate the food choices too, it's, it's going to like put that into hyperdrive. I want to bring out less reliance on the scale. Um, my background as a health coach, we were teaching people to count all, every single calorie you did, count all your, uh, your calories that you burnt during your exercise. Exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> we use my fitness pal app. You know what I mean? I was religiously doing counting every single thing possible. And then I would weigh myself every few days or sometimes every day. I was tracking like, you know, what did I eat last night that caused me to spike up on a Wednesday? And, you know, everything had its place. But now uh, I weigh myself only on race days mm-hmm. just because I want those stats so if I only run one race a month mm-hmm. I'm good with that I don't track any calories anymore things like that mm-hmm. so I, I want to help people become less reliant on the scale and like I am it's so freeing mm-hmm. I, I freed up so much time by yeah. not calculating every single calorie I was eating and not jumping on the scale and allow my emotions to roll roll with what the scale said let's go to our next one physical would you like to read those for us uh, yeah so looking at you know what we're looking on from the outside uh, fewer blemishes glowing skin um, no more under eye circles improvement in rash- rashes or patches on your skin less dimpled skin the dreaded cellulite um, longer stronger nails stronger thicker hair brighter eyes fresh breath whiter teeth flatter stomach um, a leaner appearance your clothes fit better uh, wedding ring fit better I can attest to those both those two <laughs> less bloating uh, more defined muscle tone less joint swelling looking younger and feeling more confident in your appearance which one of those do you want to tackle um, well like I said the wedding ring fitting better and my clothes fitting you know looser are definitely you know definitely on there um, but I'm thinking that 
you know, just feeling more confident in my, in my appearance. Like I know that I'm looking better. I know that my skin is looking better. Like I definitely see things changing in my face. So with the glowing skin, you know, not as tired looking, um, I've noticed a big difference with that. So, you know, and that's just the physical stuff and it's important, but it's not important. Um, I think that sometimes how we, we, when we look in the mirror and we see that we're looking good and feeling good, we automatically start to, you know, focus on that. We're feeling better. Uh, you get a little bit more confident and confidence plays a role in keeping you going. And I'm going to, I'm going to tackle some of these myself. Okay. So when it talks about improvement in rashes or patches, if I have too much grains or anything like that, um, snack bags, potato chips, you know, you get like the Lay's and it has the Doritos and, and I open up one bag and it turns into four bags. We might have those at <laughs> I, Not only, not only will I start wheezing from the seasoning oh, wow. of the foods right now, I'm so in tune. I didn't know that before. Right. But I would get rashes around the size of my news. Okay. So if coach shows up to the run group and you see this rash there, oh, uh, I've been that. cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, right. Right. so, so those go away. Now, in Whole30, in Whole30, they um, encourage you because, and I, I understand, they don't want you to try too many things at one time. You're already doing all this eliminations process, so don't add intermittent fasting or don't you know, go super hard on your workouts because you may experience some fatigue because you have taken out grains out of your right. diet, right, for, for the first week or 10 days. But then you, you, you break through that, no problem. But I want to say that... For me doing it, the first month, I kind of followed that, right? But then I did it a couple of times in 2018, and I started adding intermittent fasting along with doing this type of elimination process. And I will tell you, adding intermittent fasting, I wake up in the morning because I close my window at like 6 o'clock at night or something like that, or 8. It doesn't matter what time I close my window. My teeth are white in the morning. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't, yeah, I mean... Eating, Actually, eating, eating better, uh, you know, obviously, listen, look at, look at a kid's teeth that eats Cheetos. Right. Well, yeah. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating better, that's right. going to help you with your enamel on your teeth, right? Yeah. Less joint swelling. So when I was working with the nutrition company and everything like that, and um, some of the products had artificial sweeteners in it, different things, maltodextrin, okay, I can go on and on. Um, Anytime I would play basketball and my knee would swell up, the chiropractor that was really into this type of lifestyle in the first place would say, you know, you know what I told you about grains. I was going to say, right, what are you eating? (laughs) Come off your grains and the swelling in your knee will go down. Something else happened. He recommended wheat belly. So I listened. I devoured wheat belly and I just wasn't able to like come to grips with I'm going to eliminate grains. You know what I'm saying? It was it wasn't until someone introduced me to this that said, you know, eliminate dairy, too. And this that other thing that I said, you know what? I've been trying to eliminate grains for a while. Let me go ahead and take a leap for 30 days and eliminate all this stuff and see how I feel. I tell you what, the the inflammation in my joints went down and. I didn't need to go have an MRI. Right. Like I scheduled to have my knee looked at because it blew up. And someone told me to drink tart cherry juice. Tart cherry juice will bring down the inflammation, right? So I told the chiropractor that and he said, yes, but that has too much sugar. Right. Even if it's a natural sugar, it has too much. You know what I told you about grains again, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what uh-huh. I mean? And so I can attest to having less joint swelling okay. and you're able to do what? Run better, right? Right, for sure. Next, we got the physical inside. Now, I'm going to go through some of these. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Healthier gums. 
less, um, less stiff joints, less painful joints. So I guess I kind of just talked about the running aspect when I should have been saved that for this. But what, what's next on there? Oh, fewer PMS symptoms. I can attest 100% to the fact that I don't get that several days before emotional outbursts or crying or whatever that I would do. And my husband would look at me and be like, um, what's wrong with you? And they'd be like, oh, it's going to be that time of the month in a couple of days. That's gone. That doesn't exist anymore. And I'm very steady with my, my moods. Nice. And, what yeah. a, and, and next, what's next on there? A more regular monthly cycle. Okay. <laughs> Increased libido. Yeah. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Get it. Le- le- <laughs> less stomach pain, less mm-hmm. diarrhea, constipation, gas, bloating, right. improved regularity, uh, not getting sick as often, mm-hmm. less seasonal allergies. Yeah. I can attest to that as mm-hmm. well. Less seasonal allergies. Um, what, what did I tell you about eating those chips? Oh, that it causes that that I, that I would start, start wheezing, wheezing yeah. mm-hmm. right? So people, oh, I got asthma, right? right? I'm wheezing, mm-hmm. right? Or your nose start running. Mm-hmm. It's not just because of the the change of the season. What have we been putting into our body right. that's interacting mm-hmm. with it's the exposure? Either way, right? Yeah. It's either to the environment or to what you're eating. Yeah. So uh, fewer migraines. You know anybody that deals with migraines? I do. Yeah, my daughter has them, and I keep telling her to try and live. Our my oldest daughter, she's a nurse too. She's got a super stressful job in emergency room, and I'm always telling her to like take it easy, take care of herself, exercise. She has terrible headaches. She doesn't listen to me at all because she's still at that. You know, (laughs) she didn't get there yet. She doesn't know how wise I am. (laughs) But um, but yeah, she does suffer from terrible migraines. And so these are all again, guys. These are all non-scale victories. So Mm -hmm. you you were trying to lose a certain amount of weight. You didn't hit that number yet, but yet you notice, huh? Living this way, I have fewer migraines. Right. That's that's a that's a win right there. Yeah. Uh, fewer asthma attack, acid reflux. Is there you ever experienced acid reflux? Yeah, it's kind of miserable. Yeah. What what did you eat that caused that? Usually fatty foods or you know really acidic foods obviously are gonna you know increase that. A slice of pepperoni pizza, pizza. right before bed with uh, hot hers sure. hot chips. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, chronic pain, fatigue, tendonitis, bursitis, right? Less shoulder, back and knee pain, improved blood pressure. So many clients mm-hmm. that I've worked with come back and talk about their numbers yeah. improved. Yeah. Well, so I'll just put the nurse in me real quick. Um, if you lose, you know, 10 or 20 pounds, you can significantly reduce your blood pressure, your cholesterol levels, because all of those numbers are tied to your body weight. So if you're overweight, your pressure is going to be higher. Your cholesterol numbers can be out of whack. But just I've, you know, coached people in my health and wellness job that have lost, you know, said, oh, I lost 50 pounds and I came off my blood pressure medicine. I came off my cholesterol medicine. These are modifiable risk factors, you know, to lower your risk for heart disease and everything by just being active, maintaining a healthy body weight that are going to help you in the long run. So, yeah. And then finally on this list on physical insight, recovering faster from injury or illness. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you may have injured something and you got this inflammation blown up in your knee. You don't don't just think going to see the physical therapist is all that you need to do to recover. Doing these steps, right. eating the right foods, this is a non-scale victory that will help take the inflammation down and therefore you will be recovering faster. Next, we got food and behaviors. Mm-hmm. This is big, right? Before we even go into there, so what, what do you think about food and behaviors? Well, I mean, you know, this for me is a big challenge. And I think that, you know, I don't necessarily crave 
the sweets or the foods the way that I used to, but sometimes because it's there, it's just a habit. Oh, that Reese's pumpkin is in my is in my cabinet, and I'm just gonna have it because I want it. Um, it's not like I'm salivating over a taste of peanut butter. It's just like I want it. I'm gonna eat it, and I sometimes it's like stepping back and making that disconnect of I don't need it um doesn't always work so it is hard I mean it's not I don't claim for any of this to be easy and I'm not definitely not perfect but I'm getting better I I did read a book Tina and um I haven't really delved into talking about it on the podcast but some people that inspired me to record these podcasts in the first place, uh, Jen Stevens from the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. She's the co-host of it, and she wrote a book called Delay, Don't Deny. Mm-hmm. So she lives a uh, one-meal-a-day type of lifestyle. And so she, her relationship with food um, is like, I'm going to delay when I eat, experience less brain fog, mm-hmm. And when I open my window, I am going to allow myself some spaghetti with meatballs and maybe a small portion of ice cream. Whereas before, um, she would binge all day long on these type of things. So that's where she is in her life. You know, and and I want to really delve into it. And I was talking to some members in our group. You know, if you're just starting this type of lifestyle, perhaps you... First of all, with this elimination process, you will begin to know after 30 days what you, how your body will respond to dairy, how your body will respond to grains. Chris Ballard, who was on episode 19, said that when she reintroduced grains, that she was hungry all day long and couldn't like couldn't stop. Um, so we will get to know what we can have food freedom with and what they can. So maybe Jen don't want to reintroduce ice cream right now because she knows that she's had such an unhealthy relationship with ice cream ice cream abuses her (laughs) (laughs) all right so so uh but i but see sharing that delay don't deny with you Mm -hmm. you're like oh i kind of like that because maybe i want to do that i'm not real good at going 100 percent into things that's just just me like i feel like it has to be all or nothing and all or nothing is not always the answer because sometimes it takes you out of the game so i need to figure out the balance you know just and so i'm interested i'm gonna check that book out we all we are all individual you know what right. i'm saying uh, we're the captain of our own ship and it's nothing wrong with you know trying things out to right. see how we respond but let's go over this list of food and behaviors healthier relationship with food that's what i was talking about with jen right uh, improved disordered eating habits no more binging practicing mindful eating we're going to have dr greif on for the future episode and he's really good with mindfulness okay. and we're going to talk we're going to talk with him on that learn how to read a label uh, eats safely. Uh, eat to satiety. Is that how you pronounce that? I don't even know how to pronounce satiated, it. Okay. Yeah, you're satiated. Okay. Uh, satiated. Yeah, eat li- to the point where you're full, and that's it. Right. Listens to your body. Abandon yo-yo or crash diets. No longer afraid of dietary fat. Um, uh, learn how to cook. Some people learn how to right. cook during this mm-hmm. process. That's a non-scale victory right there. You could teach somebody else how to do this. Right. No longer use food for comfort. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no longer use food for as a reward. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I think that a lot of us do that where you're like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, this whatever. We're going to go out to dinner to celebrate this thing. I think that's big in my family. Like my daughter, when she gets, you know, she did great on her SATs or she got into this school. She's like, where are you taking me to dinner? You know, we laugh. <laughs> We're like, well, you know, it doesn't always have to be a reward. You know, how about how about using like. A, a certain dress that you would like to you know, like right. purchase something nice for yourself right. that and use that as a reward yeah, I like 
okay? Uh, no longer use food as punishment. No longer uh, use food as love. Oh, that's tough. I grew up in an Italian family, and my grandmother, like, that's how she tells you she loves you. Oh, you don't want to eat your dinner? Here's a bowl of ice cream. That's how she was, like, my whole life. So, yeah, that's a lot of us do that. Yeah. Definitely. You can, adi- you can identify cravings versus hunger. Mm-hmm. Has intermittent fasting helped you with that as well? Well, it's so funny because in the beginning I was like hungry, you know, in the morning just because I'm so accustomed to, to eating something when I when I would get up. And you learn after like a week that, oh, that hunger's there, but it just starts to go away and it just becomes not a thing anymore and your brain doesn't attach to the sensation. It's just like, oh, that's my stomach. And you become aware of it, but you're not necessarily feeling like you need to shove food in your mouth to make it go away. You just kind of make friends with that feeling. And then after a while, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't eaten anything yet except my cold brew. And I'm like, oh wait, what just happened? So you do, you get used to it, you know? What about uh, food no longer has unwanted side effects? So because you eliminated all these different things, um, you now have the lingering side effects. I don't know about that one. You don't know what that means? I'm not following it. Kind of like what we talked about with your boss slumped on the floor after she had the side effects, right? if you're not eating those foods, you're not going to have that feeling. Exactly. And then, um, you know, have Chinese food, like we talked about. Every bloating and everything. There's consequences to everything that we eat, right? Um, No more food, guilt, or shame, Mm -hmm. right? Let's blitz out this brain function. Improved attention span. Tina talked about that when it came to uh, her learning things, right? Improved performance at the job. I became a foreman at the job because of my thinking ability is so much better. Yeah, it is. I mean, 100%. I'm doing better, you know, at my work and, and picking things up, you know, faster with the new systems and everything. And, and I'm doing my admissions faster. Things that used to take hours now only, you know, take a lot less time. So it's definitely brain function is huge. So here it is, guys. You can make more money. <laughs> like how you like the sound of that. If you're thinking better on your job, you're getting promotions and stuff like that. Boom. There's a non-scale victory right there. Um, improved performance at your job or school. Improved memory. Faster reaction times, fewer ADD and ADHD symptoms, thinking more clearly, feeling generally more productive. Um, our group is growing by leaps and bounds right it now. Sure is. And that's I can attribute that to living this lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ed Brown talks about his sleep has improved. Why don't you Why don't you read them the list on sleep? Yeah. So non-scale victories in regards to sleep are sleeping more, um, falling asleep more easily sleeping more soundly, not needing a sleep aid anymore, uh, not hitting the snooze button when you get up, uh, awakening, feeling refreshed, less snoring, less night sweats, less sleep apnea, fewer night cramps. I can, yeah, definitely say awaken, feeling more refreshed, definitely falling asleep and sleeping soundly. I can attest to all of those. I used to have sleep apnea, so I snored a lot when I was 217 pounds. For those... For those that don't know, um, I actually lost 50 pounds and been able to maintain now. And uh, snoring was a big thing that I was in, that I was doing. Um, and I had to sleep with a machine. I'd no longer sleep with a, a sleep apnea machine. And I woke up this morning without the alarm clock. Feeling good, feeling good. Let's uh, go into energy. Uh, energy levels are higher. Um, more even. I like that. More energy in the mornings, as we talked about. No more midday slump. Uh, energy to play with the kids. Well, my kids are old, so they're not playing with me. But yeah, I get you. Just have more energy to to be out and about and doing you know doing fun things. Yeah. No longer cranky. 
yeah. So there's that <laughs> for sure. And we had we had um, we have Jen who used to take naps. Yeah, um, and Jamie, Jamie had to pull her off the couch. Come on, it's supposed to be time for the run group. I'm not making it today. Now yeah. she, she's been showing up with a lot of energy. So we already know about the sports now, sports and exercise, the things that we are able to do now. Um, you can lift heavier weights. Um, you feel more athletic, right? You could, you're willing to try new activities. Let's go into the lifestyle and social. Okay, so new healthy habits that you're teaching to your kids because honestly they, they learn from what we're doing, not necessarily by what we say, but by what we do. Um, you're more knowledgeable about nutrition, shop locally, eat seasonally, you gain some new cooking skills, new recipes, meal prep is organized and efficient. Um, you made new like-minded friends, <laughs> our group, you know, that support your lifestyle. Um, you maximize your food budget with intermittent fasting because you're already cutting out a meal, sometimes more. We, My husband used to eat this huge breakfast with all these berries and all this healthy stuff, but we were going to Sam's every weekend and spending 25 to $30 just on fruit. Our Sam's budget came so far down by cutting out breakfast. It's crazy. Um, spending less time and money at the doctor's office. So, so wait, wait, wait. So your husband, is he practicing intermittent fasting too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me tell you guys something. <laughs> Yo. Don't call Tim. Don't call Tim. Yo. Bob's my man. He comes out and he uh, supports Tina at these 5K races and stuff like that. Um, I just, I'm just having a surreal moment right now. When I worked for a nutrition company... We were was costing people yeah. almost a car payment a month sure. to get healthy. Intermittent fasting doesn't cost you anything. It well, saves you money, exactly. right? So uh, I'm just proud of doing the research that I did in 2018, working on my own self, and remember seeing me have more energy at the group and then being able to share that with Jamie and, and see her results and Chris Ballard. And see Chris Ballard, and then and then you come in, and now look at the residual effects that it's having by spreading to your husband, and now you're oh, what's up, brother? How you doing? Yeah, we here live at Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? People come up to me and say, "What's up?" Because you like the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how do you feel about all that? Well, I think we just really inspire each other. I know my husband was inspired by me when I, you know, now he's on to the cold brew and it's got to be made. And it's, you know, that's our routine every morning is, you know, getting that in. And um, and he even reports like feeling better and he's got a really stressful job. So he's, you know, feeling better himself by following this. He's not running. He doesn't, he says, I can't, my knees, my this, my that, I'm 50. I can't, you know, that's his story. But he does meditate and work out every day. So he, he is physically active and intermittent fasting. So. Tina. I think you just dropped so much good knowledge on everybody today. I'm, I'm super excited. Guys, I'm not closing this podcast out. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to blitz through our online uh, questions and then ask Tina just a few more questions before we let her go. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Thrive Market. It's an online service that will deliver straight to your door nutrition based on your dietary needs. So if you are keto, they have keto type snacks. If you like Whole30, they have Whole30 approved salad dressings and ketchups and things of that nature. Being that I try to keep my nutrition real, if I go to the supermarket and look for a salad dressing, it's going to have all sorts of ingredients that I can't pronounce as well as sugar, high fructose corn syrup, soy as the main ingredients. You can avoid that by making a salad dressing yourself. However, that can get a little boring. 
but Primal Kitchen, which is one of Thrive Market's foods, they have some of the most amazing, delicious salad dressings made with organic avocado oils and nice natural herbs and spices into these salad dressings. You can get Thousand Island salad dressing. What I love is the ketchup. The ketchup is so delicious. I actually take it out to restaurants with me because it doesn't have all that stuff that I mentioned, like the high fructose corn syrup and things like that. So if you're ready to take your health to the next level and you want good, wholesome snacks and dressings for your foods, order from Thrive. In the description, I will leave a link to Thrive and you'll get $25 off your first purchase. Hey, we're back. It's Coach and Tina live at Starbucks. So now we're going to go over some uh, email questions. So this question is from Jessica and she says, thank you for sharing in your podcast. I recently found it while searching for information on the effects of intermittent fasting and running. Can you tell me how intermittent fasting affects running? I run between two and 13 miles about five days out of the week, weekends in the morning and weekdays in the early evenings. I would plan to intermittent fast for the 16 hours from bedtime at 9 p.m. Um, any information would be very helpful. Thanks. So, Jessica, as we went over all these non-scale victories, um, just intermittent fasting plays a part in all those non-scale victories as well. When it comes to less brain fog, less um, inflammation in your joints and everything like that. So when you bring intermittent fasting to the table with running, you're going to be more focused when you're running. If you have less brain fog, then you're more aware of your surroundings. You are more aware of your form. Um, a lot of times when we're distracted, we don't take our... we. We allow our minds to wander and we're not paying attention to our foot strike, our breathing could be off. So me on average, I feel as though I perform well on a 12 hour fast before my race. Um, I've gone on long distance runs where I had fasted for 16 hours, but then I, you know, that was too long for me. Um, so I feel perfect on a 12 hour fast for my 5Ks. And I've also ran half marathons on a 12 hour fast. Um, so I hope I answered that question. What do you think, Tina? Well, I would also just say that the energy that you get, like the physical energy that you get from intermittent fasting, because you're taking that break from digestion, because you're eating, you know, a little bit less food. I think that that's going to propel you in your runs too. So it's going to positively impact your run just from the fact that you have more energy. You're bringing more, um, more hype to the table. Yeah, <laughs> hype, <right>? Facts, facts. <laughs> so when uh, there's times when I come and train our group, I might come on a 20 hour fast before I even train the group. And that's on a particular day that I'm working on maybe having just that one meal a day. And I will wait until after I did my run group to uh, have enjoy my one meal. Right. And that might take me two hours to eat. You know what I'm saying? I go, I go in. Yeah. I'm I'm loving that meal. I'm I'm like having a great time. My relationship with the food at that particular time is outstanding. Right. And so I just encourage it. I I think that uh, it will take your runs to the next level. I hope that answered your question. What's our next question? Um, so the next question is from Ed Brown. Coach, what do you think about natural cleanses like cucumber and lemon in your water? Are they good for you and will they break your fast? The answer to this question, the easy answer is yes and yes. What do I think? What do I think about? Oh, I'm sorry. When he asked me this personally, he said, do you think it's good for you? Mm-hmm. And I say yes. Yeah. Right. Then my next 
answer to this question, do they break your fast? The answer is yes. Anything with flavor, lemon in your water, it, it, it wakes up the sal- salivary glands in your, in your brain, um, in your taste buds, and in your brain recognizes that you're, you just had something, even as little as a piece of gum or lemon in your water. So you need to have, make sure that it's clean. Yeah, it's clean. Um, some people chew on mint. Well, that wakes up. It, it causes, all this causes an insulin response. And the purpose of intermittent fasting is to keep your insulin levels level all day. And so when I do have my water, obviously I have water. Um, I drink seltzer water sometimes, unflavored seltzer water. And then unflavored coffee and tea will not cause an insulin spike. Um, but what are some cleanses that maybe you, you have heard of? Do you do you know of any? Um, I'm not really familiar with any cleanses. I've never done one, so it's just not been any, you know, my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so Ed, I hope that we were able to answer that question for you. And now we're going to ask Tina a couple of questions before we let her go. Um, what has you excited today? Any special events coming up? Anything that you're working on at the moment that has you fired up? Um, I think I'm excited today because this is just reinvigorating my fire for doing the right thing, for eating the right foods, for meal prepping, for planning ahead. Because when I don't plan ahead, that's when obviously I fail. I don't want to say that I fail. I just don't do as well as I should or could. So I think always keeping um, talking about this keeps me going. So the fact that I came here and did this today has me thinking about what am I going to prep for, you know, the days coming up and everything and just re- reinvigorated um my my stance on all this and then uh i'm not necessarily working on anything at the moment or have any special events coming up what i'm working on personally is not beating myself up when my runs aren't good or my you know what i mean because coach can attest to the fact that i get down if like i'm not performing it where i want to perform and i feel like what's it all for because sometimes that doubt creeps in your head katie talked about that doubt about running being able to run her race and look what she did you know what I mean but getting that doubt out of your head um, because it creeps in there and it can get in your way so I might have a bad run yesterday I got my flu shot so okay my left deltoid hurt right and then I'm doing arms at the gym and I was not able to do what I did last week and I was mad like I was actually like this is crap and you know and I want to not be like that I want to just say this is just today it's not good it's not bad it's just where I am today and so I'm working on that continuously. So I actually just started journaling this week on Monday, um, keeping track of my day, how I slept, did I fast, what hours did I fast, what did my food look like, and trying to just stay focused on, you know, and make those connections between did I not sleep last night and did that impact my workout? Did I eat not as well as I should have yesterday, so did that impact my workout or my run? And, and, and make those connections because it is all about being mindful and making the connections um, between what we eat, what we drink, and how we perform. I use an app called Day One for my journaling, and it's almost like your own personal social media feed. You, we can add pictures to that journal, um, and if you upgrade to the paid version, you can create multiple journals. So I have Race That Journal, my spiritual journal, uh, my business journal, and then my main everyday journal that I try to document every day. What's cool about it too is that sometimes you will get a reminder of where you were last year at this time. What you inputted, what now that's something that you can't do on your paper journal, right? right. Or you can you can you can, back, you can go back and look back, but I, it's kind of fun how they will give you a reminder of last year at this time. And it's 
sometimes it's a little eerie. Mm -hmm. Like if we don't change our habits, right. we will find ourselves in the same situation you were a year ago right. if you don't change your habits. Right. Yet, if you did change your habits and then you get a reminder last year, I was, wow. You're like, wow. I was 10 pounds heavier last year. I couldn't believe I was 190 right. this point last year. And now I'm 178, whatever it is, yep. okay? Um, so are you doing the Trail of Two Cities Saturday? I'm not because my knee and my shin are, are really bothering me. So I need to I need to focus on resting them up. And I think the bridge is like love to walk the bridge. I'm not like the running the bridge is a lot um, for me right now. So what do you think about? I mean, you don't want to, you know, you want to keep this this everything that you built with your training. What do you think about um, the fast and the fur furriest? It's on the flat boardwalk surface. Love running the boardwalk. Thursday morning on th on Thanksgiving morning, and I'm not sure if you're going away. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you to answer right now, but it, maybe that could be one of your yeah, goals. For sure, I want to do a run on Thanksgiving because I want to like put my turkey in the oven and then go bounce and, and hit you know a, a run that's gonna um, help me throughout the day, like where I won't eat as much. And that's something I'm focusing on right now too. Coming up on you know we celebrate all the holidays in, in my family, so like coming up on that season and and not. Coming Coming into it, gaining 10 pounds or gaining five pounds, I want to be mindful all the way through that I'm I'm running regularly, I'm I'm strength training regularly. So even if I do take take some liberties through the holidays, that they don't hit me hard and then right. start over. You know, you, first. you're you're in this health and wellness business, and from research and different things that I've listened to, whether it's right or wrong, people in January. They seem to get sick, so they, they, they attribute it to the flu, mm -hmm. right? However, some people have the mindset of the toxins that has went into their system the over, the, over, the, over yeah. that, that holiday season Absolutely. is causing them to have those symptoms. Right. And so, therefore, with our running program, whether you're an online client or you in our local group, we have something planned on January 1st right. that we're going to do. We You've have something, committed. and then you're, you're, you're committed, and we do it all year round now. So, so we, Tina is down 10 pounds. She's excited to uh, about her future as far as being more mindfulness and things. She's uh, going to potentially do that 5K. The, yeah. It's called the Fast and Furious in, no, in November, late November. And um, thank you so much for being on the show, spending your time with us, and uh, giving all this practical ways in which we can look forward to these non-scale victories. I appreciate your passion that you brought to the table today. Literally, we're sitting at the table, right? <laughs> But before we let you go, what can you say to our listeners who may be ready to get started their journey? I would say to just start now. I know we all say the same thing, but the one thing that I will add to that is that what I've done for this training, um, making myself available, was I put myself first. And I think that so many of us don't do that um, because we have our families rely on us, our kids rely on us. But the reality is if you don't focus on yourself and you don't put yourself first, you're not available in the way that you could be for the rest of your life. I am a better mom, a better nurse, a better wife because I'm putting myself first. I'm still taking care of my responsibilities, but I'm doing it better than I was when I put everybody before me. And I have put everybody before me for a very long time. And this is the first time I've truly put myself first and I'm sticking with it and everyone is better for it. We can't end the show any better than that. I have some further thoughts, but I'm going to let it go on that because <laughs> Tina 
you brought it today. Thank you guys so much for listening to our show. Um, I'm going to have my stock conclusion to this episode, right? But I, what's not in that close is the fact that Jen Burke has became a Patreon as well. And so we want to give shout outs to our Patreons. Uh, you can head to our patreon.com slash coach to page to help support our podcast, live videos. You can contribute as little as a dollar. And there's different things that you can actually become a part of, such as our accountability group for free, depending on which tier you pick. So thank you so much, guys. Have a great week. Please like, share, comment. You never know which one of your friends will be inspired by it. That's our time for today. Thanks for listening to the Running, Intermittent Fasting, and Weight Loss Podcast. I am your host, Tadrice Parker. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can receive notifications when new episodes are available. Please share this with your family and friends on your favorite social media platforms. If you would like to become a supporter of our show by becoming a Patreon to make a contribution, please visit patreon.com slash coach All Patreons will be mentioned in future episodes. So shout out to Ed Brown, our first Patreon. Visit runtothebestyou.com to grab our free nutritional guide, sign up to one of our seven-day challenges, or to sign up to one of our online training programs for you to be ready for any 5K, half marathon, marathon, it doesn't matter. Remember, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So create an amazing one, my friends. Have a great week.